Busy Birds. Welcome to another episode of Mama Earth Talk. I'm your host, Maris Ganal. Realizing just how much waste we generate on a daily basis, I've set a personal goal not only to reduce, reuse, and recycle, but to also educate the world about sustainability and how each of us can help preserve our beautiful planet. Thanks for listening. Let's dig in. It is the month of October, and I'm sure a lot of you have seen pink ribbons making their way around, creating awareness for breast cancer. Today, I would like to talk about the social and economical sustainability when it comes to cancer and the people that is fighting it. We have a very, very special guest that I can't wait for you to meet. Our guest today is the founder of Hooking Good and is currently going through her second time being diagnosed with breast cancer. Crazy birds, without any further ado, I would like to welcome Lena Al-Sharif. Hi, how are you? (laughs) I'm very well. How are you doing? Good, good. Lena, how did your entire journey actually start? I was 29 years old, just turning 30. I had my son who was uh, one year old at that time. And I felt a little lump underneath my breast, my left breast specifically. At that day, I was like, it's impossible that it's breast cancer. I went for, uh, for my gynecologist for a checkup. And at that time, the doctor told me that it can be fibroadenoma. You should not worry about anything and go home. It will disappear in a couple of months. Unfortunately, it didn't disappear in a couple of months and the thought kept on uh, staying in my mind given that I used to work for a company that was very active on breast cancer awareness campaign. Uh, I still owe it to them and I thank them for always doing these campaigns uh, because it helped me to be aware of the signs and symptoms. So um, a couple of months later, I said, you know what, my gut feeling says that there's something wrong and I went for a second opinion. And immediately I had to do ultrasound, followed by mammogram, biopsy, and I was diagnosed with breast cancer at the age of 30. Wow. That's quite a journey. And like even from them, you were actually in remission as well? This was the first time I was diagnosed. There was a very common mistake that I've done when I was checking myself, and I would like to highlight it for other people. Usually they tell you when you check yourself, do it in the shower, you raise your hand, and you check your breast uh, by patting all over. The thing is... um, It's not always uh, the right way to do it because you end up missing out uh, some areas uh, with the weight of your breast uh, falling down. I know it's too detailed, but (laughs) but this is a topic that we need to speak about. The classic mistake is that people do it while standing, where the right way is to do it when you lay down flat so you can feel everything. So the weight of your breast is flat as well. I only discovered this because I was laying flat. It was not something that uh, I figured out because I was doing it the regular way over the shower. Wow. Yeah. Geez, that's quite intense. I mean, discovering that. And I really just don't think a lot of people realize what you and so many others go through, you know, every single day and how some of the things that we do that actually affects you 
we are often kind of lost for words. We don't always know what is the right thing to say. I mean, that kind of differs from person to person. But like, what is some of the things that we can do to offer support to someone that has just been diagnosed or is going through this journey with cancer? Well, it's extremely individual because uh, I'm part of different support groups and I see different types of patients and personalities. Some ladies love the attention. Some ladies love to be called on a daily basis, to be visited in the hospital, to feel that people are there to talk about it. I personally didn't like talking about cancer all the time. I was very public about it. I posted it immediately onto my uh, social media platforms and I, I was okay with the fact that I was diagnosed. Of course, at the beginning, it was a hit. Mm. But then after I um, swallowed the news and I started to live normally, I didn't want all my conversation with all my friends to be where cancer is the center of attention of everything. Exactly. So I was hoping I can enjoy normal conversation without asking me, how are the side effects of chemo? When is your hair going to grow? How long do you have still? I know it's sometimes <laughs> people mean it with the best intention ever, and they want to spend as much time with me, assuming that I'm going to die from cancer. But guys, here I am, second <laughs> round. <laughs> Second round of uh, breast cancer, and I'm still alive. Thank God, touch wood, of course. <laughs> but, but it's not a very pleasant conversation to have all the time. Exactly. So if there's an, one advice I would give to someone who is surrounded by someone who is going through any type of cancer, deal with them normally. Don't make them feel that they are disabled or incapable of doing anything because this feeling was more destroying for me than anything else, than going through cancer itself. I wanted to enjoy a normal conversation with my friends, going out with them, doing my job, which I used to do perfectly fine while I was going through chemo. And I didn't want people to help me because I am sick. Mm, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, is there certain things that you would say would have helped you if there were people, I mean, you you were diagnosed when your son was like one years old. So I can imagine going through chemo and going through all of those things. At some point, it has kind of a toll on you. Yeah. There's probably has been days that you might have been tired and would have appreciated, yeah. you know, if there were more people actually stepping in and kind of helping. So is there anything like that that you would you would recommend people like, you know, just offer a few yeah. of these things? Don't like make it yeah. <laughs> in such a way that, yeah. you know, this person is going through a hard time, but, you know, just offer. So what? Honestly, I have to admit, I was uh, with cancer number one. I wanted to be the champion and I was, I can do everything by myself. I don't need help. I'm, on a, I'm not uh, having a disability. I just have a condition. I'm not sick. And I was trying to do everything by myself. When it hit me the second time, I've learned to accept help. And it's nothing wrong with that. It's okay to accept people to support and do what you need. So the things that I found very, very helpful it's okay to accept someone to drop me back and forth to the hospital every now and then. It's okay to say that, you know what, I can't see people today. I just want uh, a lazy day on my bed watching TV and do nothing. It was okay for me to say, you know what, I would love to take my son somewhere, but I can't. So I would send him on a play date. So I started to accept 
support from others and I, I didn't feel guilty about it anymore. So these kind of helps. There was a lady who once made me soup and just got it to the hospital. It was the best thing that she ever did to me. And we didn't have to speak about anything else. She just told me about her holiday. I told her about my plans and work and it was perfectly fine. So yeah, this was more appreciated. Uh, and I, it was a learning curve for me that um, I needed to accept things from people. <laughs> So you, you're saying now that you're kind of going through the second time. How did you, again, discover it, the second one? Or, you know, what type of journey is that? Because I think there's a lot of women, men as well, and children yeah. that goes through that. I mean, you you were this, like, champion the first time. You made it. And then, you know, you got diagnosed again. Like, if you can tell yeah. us a little bit about well, I'm not sure that everyone knows, but breast cancer is also a disease that can affect men as well. But this is something that not everyone knows. Well, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, it has a lot of uh, element that is connected to it. For example, uh, genetic tests or extra weight. There are certain people who are prone to having it, even males. But for me, uh, to discover it the second time, you won't believe it. It happened on the same day, but it's like two years apart. Wow. So it's, it was Valentine's Day where I uh, discovered it the first time. It happened the, uh, the second time. It was also the same night where I felt something on my breast. And it was very tiny, very, very tiny on the same spot, the same look, the same everything. Mm. So in my head, I was like, you must be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way this is happening again with a year and a half gap between the, uh, the treatment because... I was on active treatment in between. When I felt it the second time, it was just a small thing under the skin, just like a lentil piece. This was my sign. I was very, very lucky that it was um, something that I could feel and, or something visible for me. But a lot of ladies who don't get the, uh, uh, they're not lucky enough to feel it because it can be uh, deep inside the, mm. or in the tissues where they don't feel it. What I thing that I've done right is that the second I feel something, I go immediately for a checkup. I know That's a lot great. of ladies are having the fear of just going and checking it out. And I had uh, in between, I felt so many other things. And then when I went, it was nothing. It mm. was just tissues or it was the glands, uh, the time of the month where I felt it, but then it disappears. Yeah. So if there's anything I would ask any lady to do regularly is if you felt something, go for a professional to check it out. Yeah, I think yeah. that's some great advice because, you know, I feel early detection is so much better. Yeah. That can literally save your life. Even yeah. if you think, you know, even if it's the 10th time this year that yes. you've gone to the doctor, you know, I, I still feel it's a lot better to do that, you know, and they can they can tell you, listen, it is really nothing. And you have that confidence knowing that, you know what, it is nothing. I got it checked out and, exactly. you know, you kind of treat it. So, yeah, when, when you kind of look back at this journey, I mean, mm. you've been on this journey since about 2015, right? Yes. For me, it's always a bit of a sensitive thing as well, because you don't always know what to kind of say, or I don't always know like what questions 
should I ask you? Or, you know, it also depends yeah, like yeah. on your relationship with the person. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, what would you kind of say is some of the questions that you would highly recommend are crazy birds to not ask <laughs> anyone that has been diagnosed with cancer? Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is how long do you have to live? Because no one knows. I mean, I was diagnosed twice and I thank God I'm clear now. No one knows how long they have to live. Even if the doctor said it's three years, four years, one year, a few months, no one knows. Mm -hmm. So this is a big no question. I have a lot of ladies who, when they know, they will be like, oh my God, how did you know? And while I'm trying to explain how I know, they immediately jump. What about this? I feel this. What do you think of they? They they start worrying about themselves, yeah. and they don't show the enough empathy to listen to the remaining answer of the question that they ask. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I understand where they're coming from. I'm not offended, but yeah. I know that it can hurt someone's feelings sometimes if you don't show empathy in your conversation. There's nothing that I would tell people to avoid, but more of be more considerate of the type of questions that you ask. You can ask anything, but mm. it's the way you ask it. Exactly. Yeah. I think that is so important. And I think because for some people, they kind of want to check like, you know, wow, okay, she had like something here. And then immediately that's that's like their reaction. Yeah. But yeah, definitely I would just, you know, take your advice on that and, <laughs> you know, be considerate. If yeah. you if you really feel you want to check, maybe go to the bathroom afterwards and <laughs> check <laughs> without anyone. I, ha um, yeah. I had a lot of ladies who told me, Lena, I, ha I felt something and mm -hmm. I'm scared and I wanted to ask you if you don't mind to let me know how does it feel. Mm. The way they said it, it was perfectly fine and they were asking for help. And I'm known to be a person who would always give help if I can. But there are others also where they were immediately jumping like, I don't care about you, yeah. save me. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But it's fine. I, uh, I've learned that people are different. Their approach is different. It doesn't mean that they have bad intention. And do you get like a lot of people that would give you advice, you know, yeah. people that would... I don't know, read online, like Google search something, and then they would tell you exactly what you need to eat. Like, does that happen a lot? I can write a book <laughs> of the recipes of gut to treat cancer. Wow. So, so it was amazing. I had people sending me links, how to treat cancer in seven days. Or uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, we need to share that one exactly. with everyone. And what type of uh, food you... Okay, there are certain like do's and don'ts that everyone knows. Mm. But it reached to, uh, the point that uh, even if I'm in public and I'm eating something, they would be like, no, don't eat it. This can cause you more damage. And then they would eat it themselves. I'm like, okay, if you're eating it, then I'm eating it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, um, I understand there are a lot of recipes, a lot of studies. There's a lot of people who are getting treated with food, with uh, alkaline water, with mm. certain ways of meditation, with a mix of herbs. All schools are respected. And I, I don't mind people sharing it, but the way also, again, it, it goes back to the way. Some people are preaching when they don't even practice it, when they are heavy smokers and they are oh, um, they drink alcohol on a daily basis and they do a lot of damage to their body. 
and they preach me. So yeah. I didn't cause my cancer because of my lifestyle. There might be some some things that has been caused by that, but there was no logical reason why I got it. So at the same time, I have to be healthy. I eat way much cleaner than before. <laughs> <laughs> I try my best, but I also don't deprive my body because if my body is asking for sugar today, I'm going to give it sugar, but yeah. within a, a, a balanced diet. Exactly. So the key word is balance in everything. Yeah, definitely. And I think also we've talked about it for some some time as yeah. well with everything that you are going through at the moment. And I would love for you to kind of share with our crazy birds as well, mm. the whole, it's not just the, the journey of being diagnosed with cancer as well, but there's the economical aspect of it as well. Mm. I would love for you to share with us a little bit on how much this typically would cost. It was a shock for me when I first uh, started my treatment. I was very lucky that my insurance and the company that I worked for were generous enough to have full coverage of my treatment. But I know a lot of people don't have this privilege. And a chemotherapy was ranging from 20,000 to 35,000 dirhams. There are sessions that are once a week. There are sessions that are once every three weeks. So an average patient would need around 1 million dirhams with a surgery, with everything, and it would be in less than a year. So imagine this amount of money if someone does not have the financial capabilities to pay for it. That's a lot. And that yeah. adds another stress level that, you know, at that point, you don't need it. You need as much rest yes, <laughs> to yes. actually recover. And that kind of led you to what you are doing now. Yeah. That's actually how I met Lena as well, <laughs> is through her, like, organization. Tell us exactly how did you start with like hooking good and what exactly is it? Well, basically when I was diagnosed, I felt bad and guilty for the ladies who can't afford it. And it shouldn't be the case for anyone. Uh, as you said, the only stress or challenge that they need to go through is, in, uh, is to just how to fight their cancer. They shouldn't be worried about how to afford the treatment. This is an extra burden that no one should go through it. I've been always a crochet lover. I've been always crocheting since I was 14. And uh, it was helping me to pass the time while I was on uh, chemo. So I wanted to find a way where I can do my handmade items and help other ladies as well. So I thought if I give them my crochet, no one will benefit from it. Mm. But uh, <laughs> I... Uh, well, I'm the, sure they will because it's really pretty. You guys uh, <laughs> need to check it out online. Yeah, but for a patient who is fighting for her life, I'm sure she would appreciate paying her bills than having um, a crochet hat to cover her head uh, after losing her hair, which both of them are equally important. But mm. I think the most important at that point is for her to have a chance to live. I started making my handmade items. I created a page called Hooking Good, which is using my crochet hook into <laughs> something good. <laughs> and I started posting pictures of what I do. And uh, I've got the license from Al Jalila Foundation to fundraise through the sales of my items. And you can't believe it. The first year I've raised 60,000 dirhams by myself. Wow. So I was so happy. I know it's a drop in the ocean of the treatment of someone, but at least it's a start. And then I had a friend of mine called Elaine. Uh, she's now based in Singapore, but she started a candle initiative where she makes candles and offer them for exchange uh, of a donation. 
and we collaborated together. She made, Elaine made by herself 35,000 dirhams also from the first batch. So we thought, you know what, there's a promising idea here. Let's collaborate together and see how we can help more ladies. We started recruiting volunteers. (laughs) It started with uh, eight volunteers or nine, if I'm not mistaken. It went bigger and bigger. And last year we raised 160,000 dirhams in October. Wow. Yes. And we had over 40 volunteers. We created a brand for the volunteers, which is called Pink Ribbon Crafters. And they all now fall under this umbrella with all the beautiful things that they offer. Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) And so people can actually purchase these products and There's so many different products that you guys now have. I'm so proud of you for everything that you've done so far. And it's really making a difference. You also said that you do, especially during the month of October, to do awarenesses at companies as well. Yes, correct. And the workshops, would you tell us a little bit about that? Well, it's because we're now a bigger group. We are over, for this year, we're over 50 volunteers Each one is talented with something different. So we have a beautiful volunteer called Gina. She has been there forever helping us with this project. She started uh, an idea of a bracelet making workshops in companies. So we would go for a couple of hours, uh, teach the attendees, whether men or women, of how to make a beaded bracelet. And then they have the choice either to uh, to put a donation uh, against this uh, beaded bracelet and uh, take it back home. Or they give it to us so we can stock it into the markets that we're going to. It's a win-win situation for you guys. Exactly. We have stock or we have donation. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yes. And it's it's good because you can't imagine how beautiful it is to, to feel that you've done something with your own hand. It's, it's therapy by itself to, to give back by doing a piece of art. Awesome. That sounds fantastic. And if any of our crazy birds want to get involved, how can they do that? Well, they can contact us on uh, our Instagram or Facebook pages, which is uh, Pink Ribbon Crafters. Or they can contact us via email, which is pinkribboncrafters at hotmail.com. And we can always look into collaboration opportunities and ways so we can help others as well. Awesome. Sounds fantastic. (laughs) You've touched on it a little bit earlier, but I just wanted to check as this month, we are trying to create more awareness for breast cancers. You know, what would you say is some of the things that we need to pay extra attention to, to get early detection and how often, you know, is it kind of recommended to get tested? Well, in terms of how frequent We were told the old data was to do uh, once every two years for people under the age of 30, 35, once a year for above. But unfortunately, it has been very significantly visible that there are a lot of patients who are under the age of 30. So the frequency would be every year, if possible. And the checkup is uh, done whether whether you're a gynecologist or a breast uh, specialist. It would be with the self-examination. If there's anything suspicious, then it goes to an ultrasound or mammogram, depends on the age, and then further if needed. As for the self-examination at home, I would recommend once a month. And to be aware of your own body or any changes, because no one knows your own body more than you. Exactly. And uh, trust your gut feeling. If you feel there's something that is not feeling right, then please go for a checkup. And it's not that scary. 
Yeah. It's not, it's, it's not that bad. Even if you were diagnosed with cancer, I promise you it's not as bad as it sounds. The fear of the name is way much worse than the reality. Yeah, I definitely think we need to call it something else, something way less scarier yeah. <laughs> because we've got all of these superhero warriors fighting this. So yeah, I think we need to we need to change yeah. the name and yeah. make it less scary. But yeah, I'm definitely going to get tested this October and make sure that you know we create more and more awareness because obviously early detection is so much better. So yeah, that's that's definitely what I'm going to do. Personally, I think um, there's an area that is neglected when it comes to being diagnosed with breast cancer. And it's something common in the Middle East, not only here, which is uh, mental health. A lot of people think that uh, when they start the treatment, they, they focus more about the physical health, about uh, going through the plan, chemo, uh, radio, and whatever plan they have. But they really focus on the uh, uh, emotional support or uh, the mental support that the patient needs or the family of the patients. Mm. A lot of uh, family members fall into depression and they don't get to know it. Uh, they, They feel they are not entitled to scream out or say something if someone in their family is diagnosed with breast cancer or any kind of cancer. They feel that they cannot be the center of attention or Mm. it would be selfish of them to point out that they need help when it's perfectly normal to go to a psychologist or a psychiatric for support. I wish that the awareness is also not only around the detection, but how to handle the situation if you have someone in your family diagnosed with cancer or uh, or breast cancer specifically. Definitely. That's such a great and valid point. And one of the things that you are also doing is with all the different groups of, of women. And I mean, I think that is so important to find your tribe, you know, because you, you guys, you just literally support each other. You know, sometimes I think it's important to talk to someone that's actually going through the same thing as you are. And also kind of for your, your family to, you know, maybe also find like support groups and things like that. Cause that, really, really makes a difference, I feel. True, And no one should go through this alone, even if uh, for whatever reason their family is not around and we're in a country where most of us are expats. You can find your own family. You will connect (laughs) with someone who is in a similar condition or have the same interests and you you shouldn't be doing this alone. Definitely. So we have a lot of support groups around here, but people don't know about it. They can always reach out and um, if I can help, I would definitely connect them to the right ones. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. And then one of our next questions is, what has been one of your most important decisions that you have made around Mama Earth? Well, the most important decision is first to learn how to forgive (laughs) mental health and uh, mindfulness for my own health, because once I'm healthier, I can I can help everyone else. So this is first for, uh, I started with myself first. For our project that we started, which is uh, doing art crafts, we are using each and every single resource in order to make the most uh, uh, funds possible. So we don't throw any piece of yarn <laughs> or, or thread or anything that can be reused into a shape of a product. And if you look at our items, they look beautiful with the minimal cost ever. 
So we've learned to use whatever material we have. We don't throw anything and we always find a solution to make it look very beautiful and to help other ladies around. Oh, cool. Wow. Awesome. Now we are going to move into our final five. The first one is what is one social media account or publication mm -hmm. that you follow? For me, the, the one that I like the most, she always cracks me up and I love her positivity is Fifi Abdo. <laughs> She's a belly dancer at a senior age right now, but she is a bubble of happiness. She keeps on doing videos, dancing and sharing happiness around. So I just smile whenever I see her. Oh, awesome. And what is your hope for Mama Earth going forward? My hope that we reduce the waste that we have everywhere. I was just in my son's birthday party and I see the amount of plastic and plates and everything that we throw on a daily basis. It's crazy. So I, w I hope that we do small changes, even if it's in, in the paper uh, plates that we use or anything to reduce the amount of waste that we throw on a daily basis. And what advice can you give our crazy birds this week to help out Mama Earth? Well, uh, small care about yourself won't harm. We always get into the stress of work, going back and forth and driving and 15 minutes of your time to just take good care of yourself, exercise, uh, help someone in need won't kill you. It, in fact, it will make you live longer. And what is one sustainability fact that you like to use in a room with people not yet on a sustainable journey? I would tell them that they can always recycle. I know it's not as easy as it is in other countries where they can put the bottles somewhere, but there are spots everywhere. You can always separate your plastic, your paper, and there are places where you can just go this extra mile and it makes a huge impact for the environment. Definitely. And Lena, where can people actually find you yeah. other than with your crochet <laughs> needle probably? Yeah, you would find me in all the hospital crocheting <laughs> while in the waiting room for sure. But for volunteers who would like to reach out or companies or schools, we're available on social media under the name of Pink Ribbon Crafters in both Facebook and Instagram. And our email is pinkribboncrafters at hotmail.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for coming and sharing your journey. I just applaud you for all the work that you do for, you know, helping so many other women as well. You're doing a fantastic job. Thank you so much, Mariska. And I truly love what you're doing. So thank you so thank much you. for having me today. You're most welcome. Well, that's a wrap. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. You can find the show notes for this episode at mamaearthtalk.com. Follow at Design by Mariska on Instagram or email hello at mamaearthtalk.com and let me know if there's a topic you'd like me to talk about. I love hearing from all you crazy birds. New episodes are uploaded every Monday. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. Mama Earth has a voice and it's us crazy birds. <laughs>